Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So today's episode, I was mutually interviewing Mike Summer. We both had the same idea to interview each other for our respective shows, so he may be using this material as well. This first part of the discussion was about breaking down collections. When you buy a collection, how do you put it together, assimilate it, break it down so you can get your money back or get it in the hands of people that would really like to have the cards and the stuff that we have. A lot of times you can buy cards at a discount in quantity. That makes a lot of sense. If the labor is enjoyable, then maybe you should consider this. If you don't like the labor, don't buy collections because the bigger the collection, sometimes the bigger the deals, but the bigger the labor. So Mike and I both enjoyed it. We had a good back and forth, and here it is for your listening pleasure. I want to talk about it, breaking down, buying these big collections. To be able to work at double speed is important. (laughs) If you're going through 10,000 cards, much less 100,000, or I think you had a million card, got to be able to go through it quickly. And you got to tolerate that one out of a thousand might be a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, you'll still be working on it. My girls help me out every once in a while, mainly if I've got some monster boxes of junk wax era stuff, I'll have them go through and help me pull out cubs because I give them to to Bo for the One Million Cubs project. And one of my girls has helped me a little more than others, and she knows my quarter boxes and some of the people that I pull out of those. So if she sees a Don Mattingly or an Andre Dawson or Daryl Strawberry or some of those guys that I put in my quarter boxes, she'll set those aside too. But I know there's a few of those missing. But like you said, these are monster boxes of junk wax era cards. And so if they miss a Griffey Jr. or whatever, okay, so whoever's going to buy the bulk from me is going to get some decent stuff. And I like to leave a little bit of that stuff in there anyway, just so they're not getting all commons. And so I don't worry about it too much. And yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I don't give them like boxes of newer stuff or some of the things that could have some significant parallels or things like that that they might fly by but if you're in the 87 to 92 window or so it's pretty safe to let them go. they're all base cards it's just yep. to who the players there's a pecking order of where cards go every card should find a home yeah is it true that you bought you just took possession where they were of a million card inventory is that correct you didn't have to buy a rent a truck or anything. No, the kind of shop within a shop setup that we have, there was a bunch of inventory that was already out for sale and on display. And then there was a storage room within that shop where there was a, another huge chunk of cards in that back room storage area already there. The only thing that I had to transport was the third area was the gentleman's third stall of his three car garage that was completely full. It was several trips with the minivan to his garage and back to our house where I took all of the stuff in the third stall of the garage. He only lived three or four miles from me, so it was a pretty quick trip back and forth. It wasn't like an extended U-Haul or out-of-town type of thing. It was pretty local, and majority was at the shop already, and what wasn't was only a few miles away, and the minivan took care of that. Okay, so my car, I figured out I can get maybe 25 Super monster boxes in the back seat, the front seat, the trunk, add it all up. That's about 100,000 cards. Your minivan maybe can do a little bit better than that. Yeah, the minivan can do better than that. And the pickup truck that I have now can do a little bit better than that too. But it was probably only a third of that million that was 
in his garage that I had. Well, to that'd be like for me, that'd be three trips. Yep. Yeah. And it was only about probably two trips for me with the minivan at that point. Okay. Because so- I didn't take any kids and I had all the seats down and all of that kind of stuff. So you could fit quite a bit in the back. Second problem. What is your staging area at your house? Now, I'm running out of room. I don't know about you. Yeah, so I am fortunate. We also have a three-car garage with kind of an extended work area in the back of the garage. Even still having all of the cars in, I was able to get a lot of that in that three-car garage. We also have um, a four-bedroom house, and there's my wife and I and then two kids. So we only use three of the four bedrooms. Okay. Part of me taking over that shop and expanding my presence online Uh, My wife and I had a conversation about, hey, listen, we have this guest room that only gets used two, maybe three times a year when people come. What if I expand what we're doing, put up some shelving and use that fourth bedroom as my card room? And I've got the five stack metal shelves in there now that houses a lot of my eBay sport lots and all of that inventory. And that allowed me to also have some kind of inside the house storage for some of the unsorted things as well. And so I'm fortunate that we've got the ability to do that, but that's the approach that I've been able to take is utilize that fourth bedroom. What about a big work table? Do you need a surface area or, because I understand I've got big shelves and everything, but sometimes you got to get the cards out and sort them or put them on a table or whatever. Do you have that arrangement as well? Not dedicated to my work desk is probably a five by three work desk. And then we've got a really large coffee table as well in our family room downstairs. And so if I'm going to be in the middle of sorting or pulling some cards out to do some sorting in the evening, I'm able to use that kind of large coffee table in the basement as well to do some things. But between my desk and the coffee table, that typically works well. And at the shop, we've got all kinds of standard eight foot tables that we use. Okay. If you're at home and you're doing this, I do two things at once. So my second thing is I'll be watching TV yep. and sorting some cards. Do you have a second thing or conversing with your kids or my wife will be there sometimes, but that will be three things. And basically intimate conversation does not mix with cards. You want to talk to your wife, drop what you're doing, talk to your wife. And same thing with kids, but watching TV, I can watch the Cowboys play if they're playing well. Basketball is hard to watch because it's more continuous action. So what's your second thing when you're breaking down these million cards? First of all, I'm an early riser. And so on my own, without an alarm clock, I'm usually up between 4.45 and 5 o'clock every morning. And I don't have to either be at work if I'm going into the office or start work or if I'm working from home until about 7. So I usually have hour and a half to two hours every morning where I'm filling orders, finalizing podcast type stuff and sorting if I've got a collection to go through or going through these boxes. In the evening, like you said, it, it sounds very similar to what you're doing. Well, it's in the basement already. That's where we've got a family room set up too. And so we'll have a show on Netflix or Disney Plus or something like that. And the family will be watching a show and I'll have a box of cards that I'm going through. Sometimes they're helping me out too, depending on what it is that we're going through. And we have the show on in the background or a game on in the background, like you had mentioned, something like that. But yeah, if it comes down to we need to be having some quality time, I'm not doing that with quality time with the kids or quality time with my wife. It's when we're having a show going or we're catching up on Survivor or the latest Disney Plus show or Star Wars show or whatever it is that's out at the time. Quality time is spelled 
not C-A-R-D. <laughs> you got to be focused on the main thing. Be surprised. Sometimes when the girls come with me to the shop, the times that we're just sitting there at a table together going through a monster box, some of the conversations that we're able to have in the midst of all of that have been some pretty good conversations with the girls. So it's, it's not always that way, but there are times where even going through that box of cards at the same time, we're able to have some conversations that have nothing to do with cards, even though we're both looking at cards. That's carpool conversations. I can remember it when they want to talk about something, you need to listen and get a good back and forth. And uh, But if you can do that with cards and they are not jealous of the cards, then I think that's great. Okay. Now on the selling side, once you've organized them, your main platforms, I thought, were ComC, which is pretty amazing that once you send it to them, your work is mostly done. And I think you sell on eBay and you do sport lots. That's Uh, correct. Is the sport lots the most laborious for you? For sure. Yeah. Sport lots, it takes up the most time because not only do you need to have the cards organized very well to be able to get them listed and know where to look when it's time to pull a card and you make a sale, but you're also doing all of the pulling, packing, and shipping along the way with those sport lots cards. I don't do sport lots because of that, because I think it's too time intensive. And I'm wondering what my average order size would be. With ComC, I don't care if I get a $2 order because I don't have to do anything unless they made me an offer, which they always do for the cheaper cards. It seems. And you're one of the guys who makes an offer and I just, I think, let it go. But eBay, I preload my lots. Do you have them ready to go or are you selling eBay cards one at a time of, a, of the price point above Comp C? What's your strategy there? Because I'm the other way. I'm at the other end. A lot of what I've done on eBay lately has been complete sets that I'm getting um, in some of these collections. And I'll usually bundle those up into kind of lots of three complete sets because they fit well in a medium-sized flat rate or some of the other mailing boxes that you're able to holiday then make it more economical from a shipping perspective or some of the other memorabilia type items or cards that for me, $20 and up is my threshold that I shoot for. I'll have exceptions here and there that I'll have on eBay as well. But typically I'm focusing these days more on complete sets, memorabilia, and some of the cards that are $20 and up. By complete sets, what do you mean? Because you go to the really older sets, they're really expensive, the 50s and 60s and even 70s. You get into the 80s and 90s, you have some smaller sets that are ancillary oddball sets than the regular sets. And then you get into the 2000, the 2010s, they're short sets. So you've got this set without the short prints. So what kind of ages and stages of cards are you selling complete sets of? Is over the last order, a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or. Yeah, that's a good clarification. So over this last year, the types of collections that I've been buying, there was a bunch of junk wax era sets from the mid eighties through the early nineties. I found a lot of success by putting together a lot of 87 Topps Donruss Fleer together into one listing and selling those or 387 Donruss sets or 389 Fleer sets, those types of things where I'm able to get, depending on what year it is, anywhere from $30 to $50 for that lot of three sets plus shipping. And at the price that I'm paying, I'm happy to move them at that rate. But there's still been a demand for those sets at those levels of prices And I might put together a lot of 10 to 15 of those different kind of 
40 card retail sets or 50 card retail sets that Fleer and Tops were putting out with Woolworths and KB Toys and Walgreens and all of those different types of retail sets that were out in the late 80s and early 90s. And I found a lot of success providing a variety of those things all in one listing as well. I'll bundle up some of those because again, they might only be worth two or three dollars alone, but if I can get 10 or 15 or 20 of them in one flat rate box and then get 30 or 40 dollars for that 20 20 micro set type thing that's worked well for me too okay you have a reputation i have a reputation but your reputation is not good if you pack in securely or you sell sets as complete that are not complete so do you verify the completeness of these sets assuming they're not factory sets how much time does that take you i like what you're doing with the medium flat rate i use that a lot you can get three 660 700 count kind of boxes in there yeah but first of all just on the verification of sets i went to sell some sets like that and i thought well i better just check before i put it up there they're never missing a common card they're missing the star a lot of times the best so what's going on there yeah and what i typically do you hit right on it if it's not a factory sealed set with the tape that fleer used to have on some of those different things or the donruss sets that were sealed in the mini cellophane kind of wrappings inside those factory sets if it's an 84 top set or an 87 top set like i'll look and see does it have the mattingly does it have the strawberry does the 87 set have the barry bonds the bo jackson the jose canseco mark mcguire some of those guys that people are going to really want to get and I'll double check those key cards out of those sets, like Ken Griffey Jr. and an 89 Fleer set, those types of things. I'll check on those key cards to make sure they are there, but I don't necessarily go through every single card to double check, but I'll look for those key cards in there before I list it. The man 